Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. I'm joined today by Jordan Blackwell. We've got plenty to dissect. It's been a hectic, festive period for Leicester City, uh, of which we will discuss in a, in a moment because it's come at a little bit of a cost. But uh, let's start with uh, a really positive performance, Jordan, uh, against Huddersfield. It's, uh, I mean, it wasn't the greatest spectacle in the first half, mm. but certainly in the second half, it was the game was lit up by Riyad Mahrez and. Islam Slimani. Yes, I think I think the Mares goal was the the crucial point. I think that enabled that opened the game up a little bit more. Huddersfield had to to come out and attack, and that's when Leicester were able to to really play and really create chances. And um, as you say, I think Mares and Slimani were the were the main factors. Slimani struggled a little bit at first, but really grew into the game and, and took his goal really well. Um, and as did Mahrez, who was probably the, the, the best player on the pitch yesterday. They looked like there was a lot of tired legs out there in the yeah. first half. The game sort of lacked its usual fears. And uh, um, obviously Leicester City are a high-energy side anyway. So when uh, the schedule is as packed as a no, a no side has uh, had a, a busier schedule than Leicester City in terms of recovery time, um, I think it was inevitable we were going to get a slow start. But we did see that. Fantastic performance from Riyad Mahrez, and you know what's coming. The January transfer window's <laughs> open, Jordan. People are going to be talking about Mahrez. I mean, I'm fed up with the amount of times uh, match of the day pundits say yeah. comments like he's too good for Leicester City. What? Where are we at with Riyad Mahrez? Well, after the summer, we we all know that at the start of the start of the summer, Mahrez uh, sort of announced that he wanted to leave and was fairly open about that. Leicester didn't receive any bids apart from Roma, whose bids were derisory, really. Uh, 32 million, I think they reached um, uh, their last bid, uh, which Leicester were fine to say, no, that's that's not good enough for us. They were fairly clear that it was at least 50 million that they valued uh, Mares at. Um, so Mares stayed. Now we've had. There was suggestion that he was going to be that he was now changed his mind, and then there was an interview with the Mail about a month or so ago that suggested, "Oh, hang on, maybe he's not. He actually still does want to leave." Um, Powell's been trying to seduce him, as he, as he said, um, but whether he's able to do that or not, I'm not sure. I think there will be speculation throughout this month, um, but it's a it's a notoriously difficult window with which to get deals done, um, and that could be to Leicester's benefit uh, and so I think my personal opinion is that Mars will stay beyond this month and possibly something will happen in the summer. Well Pearl said after the game yesterday that he was going to have talks with Riyad to find out where he's at in terms of uh, what he wants to do. Um, I don't think Leicester City will, will accept anything less than £50 million and that's a lot of money that uh, clubs will be reluctant to stump up in January but you never know clubs do get a bit desperate mm. at this time of year and uh, you might see a departure at another club that might trigger uh, some yeah. interest but I think Leicester City have no real desire to let Mahrez go he's not been causing a problem on the training no. ground or you know, I know he's expressed that he's uh, unhappy but he's still very much within the group 
and his performances since Poor have taken over have been uh, of the quality that we saw under Claudio Ranieri, wouldn't you agree? I mean, the goals and the assists. I mean, he set up Slomani for his goal as well yesterday. He was the difference, massive difference between yeah. the, the two sides yesterday. So um, I, 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 I agree with you. I think Leicester City will stand firm, and uh, as long as Riyad doesn't ca- cause too many problems and start trying to uh, go to, from airport to airport and uh, await the, uh, the inevitable call that didn't come as it did in the summer. But another player <clears throat> that uh, a lot of speculation about certainly didn't do his uh, cause any harm, Slomani, that was the uh, second mm. half. I thought he was a really good performance. We were all worried when Jamie Vardy was injured with a, a, a tweaked groin. Uh, we're told it's not serious and he should be OK. He might not play against uh, Fleetwood Town at the weekend, which would be a shame because that's a fantastic yeah. story, isn't it? Um, but uh, he should be coming back uh, pretty quickly. But Slomani, um, we haven't seen that performance from him for a while. No, and it, it looked like you know it was the end of his, his City career. He went, I think at the start of December, he went five games without even making the squad. He didn't even make the squad for the, the Carabao Cup game in which he was the, the top scorer in the competition. Um, but all of a sudden, he's had a, he had a couple of substitute appearances at Watford and Liverpool, and now he's, he's starting. And I think he showed the qualities, particularly in the second half, he showed the qualities that we know he possesses um, I think he's, he's often played as a as a target man for Leicester we, I, I don't think he's suited to that role um, he's more he's more of a traditional poacher well, who just happens to be good with his head I'm glad you said that because me and James were at the game yesterday uh, and we both said that as well he's, when he's got his back to goal and the ball's in the air for this, a guy of that size, you'd think he'd be more effective in the air than he is. But he is actually quite effective when the crosses are coming in yeah. behind defenders. But as, as a traditional English centre-forward, that it looks like it's a completely alien game to him. Yes, and I think if, if, if you were comparing target men, Leo Jo is much better at that role, at bringing the ball down on his chest and, and playing it wide. But in the box, finding space in the box, getting away from his defenders uh, and getting a, an effort at goal, that is where Slomani excels. And... Um, we saw that yesterday. He had the he had the header in the first half that was just offside, and then he had a header in the second half that straight to the keeper. But um, then Morris threaded him through, and he, he took his goal really, really well. Well, now we've talked about the transfer window already, and Puel has said that he's finding it difficult to keep all six of his strikers happy. Now we included Ahmed Musa in there, and he's since said that he doesn't really regard him as a striker; yeah. regards him as a wide player. Inevitably, that leaves you with the conclusion that somebody's going to have to go. Uh, and possibly in this January transfer window, who's the most likely? Well, if if Musa is obviously Musa has now been moved out to a winger, but I think he probably will leave. I think Harvey Barnes being recalled from Barnsley, um, and he's likely to play in those wide roles. Uh, I, I think that probably suggests Musa might be leaving. But of the others, I would say Slamani is still the most likely. I think he and Acho's. It's only been six months. I don't, I'm not, sure. not really made an impact, though. No, he's, he's not. He's months. not made an impact. He's a young no, player, but he, he is young. I think they'll give him plenty of time um, to show the qualities that he showed at Manchester City. Certainly, it's not going to be Okazaki or Vardy who are, are, are crucial to, to how Leicester play. And I think Ujoa's contract they signed in the summer um, and his recent uh, sort of substitute performances, I think, will probably keep him uh, in the squad. So I think it. If there is going to be one to leave, I think it will be Slomani. Though I think Leicester will want to recoup as much of the the twenty nine million pounds that they spent on him. Well, they've already made a signing, effectively, yes. haven't they? Adrian Silva. He made his debut. Uh, the Premier League gave uh, Leicester City permission because he was registered 
effectively registered with the Premier League, although FIFA withheld his registration. He was uh, included in uh, the Leicester City squad uh, from August. So when the transfer window opened, um, he was eligible to play, unlike Virgil van Dijk at Liverpool, mm. who, when you registered on the morning of the game, he couldn't play uh, on that day. He, has to, he had to wait 24 hours before he could uh, next uh, perform in that first uh, game of the, uh, of the new year. Um, but what did you make of him? I know we only saw six minutes of him, but um, it's been a long time waiting. A lot of anticipation. Yes, Certainly there was. The crowd yeah. were excited to see Silver out there. Yeah, I think after after Slomani's goal that made it two 0 and sort of effectively sealed the win. I think most people were watching the bench, waiting for him to come on rather than watching the game. But um, I thought he did reasonably well. I, I think it was difficult to judge him in those circumstances. I think the the, the game was sort of coming to a close, and Huddersfield knew that they were they were going to be on the losing side. Um, so it wasn't as competitive as perhaps he would have liked, but his, his passing was really good. I think he had a, a, a bit of pace about him. He, he got stuck in. He, he made a, a couple of good tackles, um, and I think it's a it's a massive boost, and it's a particularly big boost as well with Matty James coming back at the same time. And it's all of a sudden like Leicester have got yeah. two new central midfielders, and that that gives uh, a lot more options for Puel in the middle. I mean, Andy King didn't even get near the substitutes bench yeah. the last couple of games, so they've got uh, suddenly they've got loads of options of Vicente Bora as well uh, was given a little rest mm. as well but uh, I like the fact that Silva he doesn't look the biggest guy in the world but I was talking to um, a couple of his teammates Michael Brighton after the game and they were saying you know he really does understand the physicality of the English mm. game and he's quite prepared to get his foot in and, and do that dogged style of, of the play as well but he says technically he's fantastic on the ball so we're really looking forward to seeing Silva we hope that he's going to get some game time on Wednesday when the under 23s take on Spurs at Holmes Park and uh, then we might see him start you never know we might see him start at Fleetwood mm. in the FA Cup that'd be a, a welcome to English football wouldn't <laughs> yeah. it starting at Fleetwood Town but uh, yeah but certainly positive uh, what about other uh, new arrivals possibly in January we talked about possible departures um, the fact that uh, Danny Simpson's got this hamstring injury is going to keep him out for another couple of weeks mm. at least uh, Danny Marty, I think, has done all right in the last couple of games. Yeah. Had a shaky start when he came in, getting sent off after just 19 minutes. But right back, we think that might be an area City might look to address. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a, I don't want to say a problem position, but it's certainly been an area where they've not had as many numbers uh, for, a, for a couple of seasons now. But because of Danny Simpson's consistent performances, there's not really felt like there was any need to, to buy another one. But given that, that Simpson is now injured... Um, Leicester have been linked with a few. I think Andre Almeida at Benfica was the first one. Um, he, he was linked uh, sort of middle of December, and those rumours keep persisting, particularly in the in the Portuguese press. But now we've seen a couple of others come to light over the over the weekend. Uh, there's Adam Smith at Bournemouth, um, and then Johnny, who plays for for Celta Vigo. Johnny, just Johnny, just Johnny. Yeah, doesn't um, need a second name. <laughs> no. um, but certainly, there's a. You would say that there's enough speculation there to think that. Leicester will look at a right back and it would make sense I think given that Simpson's now in his 30s I think Leicester need to start looking at an actual right back that they can they can have as a as a backup and, and some competition for Simpson because I think you know they're a Premier League club they're playing in the top half I think 
the better than having somebody filling in in a position which you know if Dragovic plays there or Amato plays there they are essentially filling in because it's not their first choice position so I think I think they're in a position now where they can have at least two recognised right backs we haven't had competition at right back by two recognised right backs since Richie Delat was at the club yeah. so you know Danny uh, saw off the challenge of Delat to mm. cement himself because obviously he was, he was second in the pecking order for a while yeah. uh, behind Delat so uh, that'd be interesting now the big talking point um, yesterday at the game was the fixture schedule. Uh, we've mm. just briefly touched on it. The risk of injuries to players. And I spoke to, again, Albrighton after the Liverpool game, and he said, you know, there is the worry that with the game so close together, two games in three days, inevitably somebody's going to get injured in the, uh, in the Huddersfield game. And that proved to be the case. Wes Morgan done a hamstring. As yeah. we record this, he's undergoing a scan, so we don't know the full extent. But Puel said after the game, it could be a bad one. Uh, yeah. A bad pull, uh, hamstring pulls are for six, eight weeks. They say, yeah. you know, it could be out the, without the skip for quite a while. Now, does that press Leicester City into the transfer market in terms of the centre-backs? You've got Dragovic and Harry Maguire and then Yuan Benalouan, who's not really been pushing for a, a place in the side for a while. I think they're light there. Although Robert Huth uh, could be on his way back after his ankle injury. We're hoping, he, again, that he might play in the under-23s. Um, but he's going to need a long time to get back up to full speed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Huth's not really played much football since he had that ankle surgery last July. He did make a, a, a sort of comeback around September time, September yeah, October time. Yeah, played in the 23s. Played a couple of games in the under-23s, but then it, there seemed to be a recurrence of the, the foot injury, I think. Yeah, from, it was initially an ankle, but we understand it's a foot problem that he had picked up at the end of last season that's caused a lot of the problems. So, yeah, he's going to need plenty of time to be match fit or match fit for the Premier League anyway. Um I don't think Leicester need another centre-back. I, I think with Maguire, Dragovic, uh, returning Huth and um, Ben Luan, who, while sort of seemingly not in favour under Shakespeare, uh, has sort of come back under, under Puel and, and, and played a little bit uh, in the Carabao Cup against Man City. But I think if they, if they were to sign a right-back... Then all of a sudden, Amate becomes another Reverse option. Versatile Amate, he yes. played there for Ghana, and he, he plays there for Ghana regularly. He's cap he captains them and, and starts there and plays ninety minutes there pretty much every game they play. Um, so, I think I don't think a centre back is of desperate need. Um, but certainly, if another one was to get injured, then you'd then you'd be worried, particularly if it was Maguire. It's been a particularly hectic schedule uh, for Leicester City. Um, over Christmas and um, quite a few of the, the other clubs are feeling it as well and West Bromwich Albion have uh, put in a little protest haven't they about uh, their fixture with West Ham um, West Ham getting uh, a lot more um, time to recover over the Christmas period because their game against Spurs was moved to um, was it Thursday it was due to be yes. played um, New, New, Year's Eve. No, New Year's Eve and that got moved so um, West Bromwich Albion have got been pressed into action against a fully rested West Ham United yeah, I think it's, it's it is the the frustrating part of um, of this period. I think teams are probably even though with even with the injuries, I think teams are generally fine with it and understand it. If their opponents getting it a similar amount of of rest time, but when West Brom have two days and West Ham have a week, mm. then that's clearly going to be a, a a massive disadvantage for them. And I think it's something that the, the Premier League need to address. Although I'm, I'm not sure they. I'm not sure they will in this, in this well, case. Well, I thought two games in three days was daft. I really do. I mean, I understand there'll be people going, oh, well, they're well paid and, you know, they're young and fit and they're looked after. But we're expecting these players to go out and perform at the top level yeah. every single time. And fans are paying top dollar to go and watch them perform at the very best. And I think we just got a substandard 
uh, football yeah. for 45 minutes and I think it was noticeable that in the, all the other games they were all nil-nil at half time yeah. you know the, the, the players just couldn't find that same level again and I think if the Premier League really does want to be classed as the most entertaining league in the world this is something they need to have a look at it's great that they play over the Christmas pe festive period and the eyes of the world are on them at that time because there's not a lot of football elsewhere um, but I think some common sense has to come in in future I mean I don't th we've just been looking at the schedule for next year and we don't think it'll be as bad mm. but this year has been particularly uh, um, damaging and, and now obviously get sides are picking up injuries and losing uh, key players uh, mm. for a considerable amount of time so again the fans are getting shortchanged because they're not going to be watching the best players because they're going to be injured Yeah and I think that there's not only the physical side of things I know Puel mentions this but it's the mental side of things it's getting into a mindset where you're ready to play another game um, and I think after say after the Liverpool game that's going to take the players some some time to digest that mentally. Not not only the that was a physical recover, game as yeah, well, and not yeah. only recover physically, but I think to get your, your mindset into a, into a, a space where you're ready and you're you're pumped to to play the next game, it, it, it you need time to do that. And and two games in, in forty eight hours, you're never going to be able to do it to the extent you would be if you had a week off. Well, we've got a little break now uh, until yeah. Saturday's trip to Fleetwood Town FA Cup. Now I like the FA Cup, and I think <laughs> I think I know uh, Premier League clubs don't um, hold it in the same esteem as it was uh, previously, and they'll and Leicester City will probably be amongst them that will field uh, much changed sides. Um, but I think it's a competition that Leicester City really need to go and have a go at this year, don't you? It's the it's the one trophy that's eluded them in their history. Yeah. It'd be fantastic if they have a good cup run this year. Yeah, I think because of that, because Leicester have never been able to win it, and they've obviously got that record of the most finals without ever winning it, four lost finals. Um, I think it is something that they they should be considering as a as a target. And given their league form, they're on thirty points midway through the season. You're only saying it's going to be another three wins in between now and May that, that's going to get them to survival. So I think they can look. To, to, to go really hard in the, the FA Cup but I do think that most managers don't put too much focus on it because when they're given the job when Powell was given the job they would have spoken extensively about the league and ensuring survival and I'm not sure how much in the conversation the FA Cup came up so I, I, I do think that we will see rested players and we will see maybe the likes of Ujoa and Ianacho start um, rather than, say, Vardy, although he's obviously injured, and, um, and Mares and people like that. I think they, they will, the big players will be given a rest and the, the, the second-string players will come in. Um, hopefully, when they, if they get through to the later rounds, then we'll start seeing first-team players every, uh, every round um, because it would be... Um, it will, well, as, speaking as a Leicester fan, it would be brilliant to, to see Leicester get to the FA Cup final. Well, we'll discuss the uh, the FA Cup in more depth later in the week in the second podcast of the week after the press conference ahead of the Fleetwood game. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to go to beer52.com, uh, our sponsor. You can register there using the tagline Leicester. You can enjoy uh, eight beers from around the world, and all you've got to do is pay the postage and pack in. Check back on the Mercury website and our Facebook page for all the stories building up to the weekend's game, and follow our live blog. Jordan will be manning the live blogs as well. So thank you for joining us.